previously on My Best Friend's Journal. My coworker bought me um, one of those George Michael style cross earrings, and I was like, you know, twirling, living my best life. I was outed once in high school, definitely the darkest period of my life. Um, story for another day. They say never to work with children or animals. Just, they're, they're piss poor, they're awful little actors. You go to a lot of weddings, so I you must go. get invited to a ton. I say no all the time. Because I'm not trash talking Michael's dad. We, no, uh, I the, am. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, he was yeah. cool. We drank together one night. Oh yeah, he he's really cool. He's an awesome guy. Well, mm. from now on, we're editing in new words for annoyed. You really gonna make me do that? Yes, bitch. Agitated, <laughs> blustered, browbeaten, chafed. Okay, I'm bored. Yeah, me too. Kicks last night said we were his best friends. Aww. Was that sad? That's so sweet. Um, was that sad? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. Hello. Nope, try again. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's how this one starts. I just told Cam that I'm feeling like on the verge of grumpy this morning, and I don't think um, I have any tolerance for such frivolity and hellos. <laughs> well, this whole podcast is based on various shenanigans, so you're going to have to get on board. Blink stare. That was a very hard blink. <laughs> blink, blink. <laughs> When I told Cam I was feeling grumpy, he goes, I, I sent that, which just <laughs> furthered the, the problem. <laughs> what is it about me that screams grumpy? But then I realized I have always worn my heart on my sleeve. I had a um, teacher in high school who said that. She's like, you're always a platypus, meaning like I smile all the time. A like, platypus? Like, yeah, it was a weird way to say that. She was a <laughs> psycho. <laughs> she used to <laughs> massage her feet during class like take her <laughs> shoes off. That is inappropriate behavior. Yeah, not going down that road. But she'd call me a platypus. So anytime I wasn't smiling, she's like, what is wrong? I was like, what do you mean something wrong? What do you, what do you talk? But yeah, I realized. I realized that I, I bear it all, all the time. I had a, a teacher in high school. She was that educator for me meaning she was the one that was like the massaging most, her feet no <laughs> meaning she was like the most influential educator i feel like everyone has that person in their life my mr up. feeny yes yeah. yeah she was my mr feeny she was amazing she was my choir director she want, made me want to like go into music which i didn't end up doing professionally but it did set me on a path I mean, um you did but we don't need to go down there sure and she's just this remarkable woman uh she has since retired but um i remember i was i was president of our choir growing up Okay. Um, and mm-hmm. I say growing up, no, I was president of our choir senior year and I was, I took it very seriously and I w- walked into her office one day and I was like, I need to talk to you. It's a, it's a really big deal. And she just like quietly put her glasses or took her glasses off and looked at me slowly and she goes, it always is with you, Cameron, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, that was her being like, you are a dramatic gay teen and I'm a little exhausted by you right now. But she didn't say it out loud. She should have put you in your place. Did you, um, did you understand that then? And were you offended? Oh, I absolutely did. And I absolutely was. I was like, "Uh, mm -mm, okay, well. (laughs) I will have you know, I was also the president, not of our choir, because that was just a a class and the president is the teacher because it's a class. Um, I was the president of our Tri-M Music Honor Society, but I was a co-president because um, I think I won like the election of it. But then our... You know, faculty supervisor was like, hmm, you can't handle this. You're irresponsible. So we're going to appoint a co-president. <laughs> appoint. Yeah. There was the other a friend of mine, one of my best friends who ran as well. Um, and they were like, oh, it's a tie. You're both president. And it was it was not. But I was incapable. We should do that with the country, too. <laughs> I wish we could just appoint one. You need a babysitter sitting in the Oval Office with you. Um, I will say our choir was not just a class. Our choir was a huge extracurricular thing. Our choir program was literally a quarter of our student body and we had like 2,000 oh. people in our school. Anyway, how dare you disparage my presidency? <laughs> You're, you are maintaining the, the drama and the gayness of it all. We have a problem. It's really urgent. <laughs> of course it is. The Sopranos are flat. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of being super gay, I had this moment yesterday where I realized I was absolutely having the gayest moment of my week. So I thought maybe we'd start a new segment on this here podcast. In the intro, when I... music. Gay. <laughs> Great. Can you produce that for us? Yeah. Give a, me a, seg- <laughs> a segment theme. Gay. 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 Um, and I would like to know what the gayest moment of your week is. Well, first, tell me yours, because you, you're inspiring this whole new segment. The gayest moment of my week was openly crying during the Downton Abbey movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god it was pretty fucking gay <laughs> i have never actually watched downton abbey but um oh it's so lavish and beautiful and wonderful and is it like a lifestyle uh, cam uh show well movie? i did say to peter like it's gonna be a bunch of old white people in this movie like a matinee on a sunday Ooh, um mm-hmm. deep in the valley we went to one of those theaters where you can order drinks and food to your seat which is one of my dearest deepest pleasures in life is eating while being entertained <laughs> Yeah, you and I think most of the population, that's all any of us do ever. I love it so much. Like sitting in a dark theater and having someone bring me like a like it was just a, a sandwich and fries and tequila. Mm. We'll get ready because so we're so happy. We're doing it later. We're entertaining ourselves with bowling and we're going to eat lots of trash. That's true. I will stand in line, get takeout and drive my food home just so I can eat comfortably and watch netflix while i have yeah like i I just i love it that's a universal theme i think is it i yeah maybe i I don't know i hold it very dear for some reason so those moments when like we can take a sunday afternoon and go see a movie and Mm -hmm. sit in the dark and eat (laughs) is awesome and i was yeah i was full on junk food and fully like just like tears running down my face I was like this is the gayest moment of my week for Downs sure abby i was just flipping through the journal because it was lying here and i saw that there was a 20 year old crying at call me by your name that i understand when i was watching that movie but what uh, are you what is are you crying that maggie smith has made it this long you're uh, excited for her it was a maggie smith moment actually but it's just uh these characters are so beloved if you watch the show i'm i'm not gonna make excuses for it it is what it is it is just wonderful and there was this very like kind of precious moment between maggie smith and one of her granddaughters and it made me just boohoo one of her great 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 granddaughters <laughs> nope just the one regular um what was the case moment of your week 
I wish I had something gayer. I wish it was. I wish my gayest moment included butt sex. It does not. <laughs> no um, one's surprised. Uh, I guess just an outfit I wore. I was. Um, I was. Um, I say that one. Was um, <laughs> I was going out with uh, Michaela and Christian, and we all had the night off, which rarely happens nowadays. So we're like, let's go do something. And That's I, so fun. Super fun. But we don't want to go anywhere too far, so we just kind of went to downtown area. Still a. Uh, I don't know how it swings politically, but it still feels conservative in spots there. Mm-hmm. We went to a brewery and I have no excuses to get dressed anymore. I'm just naked all day to get dressed up for anything. So I wore that cross earring that I talked about many episodes ago that my um, coworker bought for me, who no longer works there. <laughs> and a like flowy, like, I don't know if it was a caftan or like a, it's like a weird H&M version of like a flowy sweater. Okay. Like and, a billowy top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a... <laughs> A bandana on just like the like a headband style. Sure, yeah. With my long, flowy, wavy hair and that dangly earring that I was whipping back and forth. And that felt pretty gay. Yeah. I was just strutting amongst the like truck driver looking vibes. You were just like full feeling yourself. I was. I felt was just like stomping the runway like JVN. Jonathan Van Ness for anyone who's not into a brief link. <laughs> uh, actually, I've been told a couple times that with my new man bun and my facial hair, I look like JVN. Which I think is a huge compliment. He, we should mention, just two days ago, as of recording, came out as HIV positive. Um, in I just New York read that Times. last night. Yeah. yeah, and it was, I feel like, so beautifully stated. And he was, like, I think, I think the deal is he was he was coming. He talks about it in his new book, which is coming out. So he needed to like excited to not read needed that. to, but he wanted to like uh, kind of manage the messaging around that. Mm-hmm. And so he sat down with a reporter and and talked about it and talked about his struggles with drugs and uh sex work and all this kind of stuff earlier in life anyway the point here is i think that he will be an incredible advocate and voice for that community the hiv positive community i agree i look up to him so much i um want his career <laughs> coming for you that's all it's about for you <laughs> no i just he's he's an inspiration really he's uh i think his empathy compassion and communication skills are really um understated and he is a gift to our current world <laughs> dialogue yeah. yeah i love that you called him understated because he is in no way understated. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever described him that way but i know exactly what you mean like he is uh it, it's uh it's easy to um or it, it's it's hard to put words around how good he is about you know being empathetic and charismatic at the yeah, same time and over the top but also like very gentle um what i mean about amazing understated which he certainly is not <laughs> is he's i think has uh an oprah-sized effect on the world uh, um available to him oh uh, sure like yeah he's he's just at the beginning of what he of, of, yeah. of the the amazing things he can bring to to like the the, the larger dialogue i think we're seeing the beginning of a very huge yes. important yeah now um, he has a platform and exactly yeah. Meanwhile, you want his career. I want Bobby Burke's career. So we're coming for those Fab Five. Anyway, enough about people we've never even met. What's going on in your life? Anyone new? Anyone special? Of course not. I will tell you. (laughs) Okay. I have a new outlook on dating in general. Okay. I think. Wrong. Just kidding. Tell me. Huh. Remember when I said I was grumpy? I now know why. (laughs) I think I am fulfilled so much but don't give me that look <laughs> sorry you've trained me to take every low lying fruit <laughs> joke and just run with it uh 
I am fulfilled by a lot of really good or a few very close friendships, yourself being one. And um, better be. <laughs> I was like, even even you, Cam, you're, you're part of that. <laughs> I believe you. I am so emotionally fulfilled by a lot of friendships that I don't feel like I need a romantic relationship in the way that I maybe thought I needed in years growing up in, in recent recent history. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You are there are certain needs that are met through romantic relationships and just like close interpersonal relationships in general. And yeah. you feel like your your cup runneth over in that way. I don't feel another need right now. I'm sure that will change and I reserve the right to change my mind. But what I do think I need to alleviate that stress of finding somebody is just more frequent and casual sex. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I don't even think it's that taboo nowadays. I'm pretty sure it's it's definitely not taboo in the gay community. No, hundred percent not. And I'm, I'm on grinder. I need to get scruff. You suggested earlier. I don't, I'm not on enough apps. Um, I still am, I don't know, I guess choosy or picky. I don't know what it is that qualifies or doesn't qualify someone, but it is um, hard for me to very easily make anyone a casual sex partner. I think that you have the right to continue to be picky. Uh, you you know, you can be choosy in your casual encounters, but you have to be open to a casual encounter for it to happen, you know? Yeah. So like there's a difference between being choosy and just not being open to it. Yeah, I have to get on board. I mm-hmm. have to... I don't know. I need to figure out what that means for me, but I will report back. I keep asking Mike to just to hand me his grinder and let me try to run offense for him, but the, he will not. Well, it's not not that I don't trust you. I gave it to Peter, your husband, uh, a few weeks ago, and he did a great job. But the problem is they're all in L.A., and I don't feel like driving two hours for a quick blowy. That's true. That's true. What if it's more than a quick blowy? What if it's a nice romp in the hay, like a nice, two hours? <laughs> slow blowy? Um <laughs> <laughs> a nice dry slow blowjob just long enough where you go numb and stop feeling anything uh, yeah uh no well i don't know it's i guess I, I am limited on options in my area but there's always someone so it's i think it all comes down to me not to the apps fair enough um so since you haven't been dating what have you been filling your time with what have you been doing since last we spoke i have been Thinking about this podcast, working and watching Sex in the City. <laughs> oh, how very modern of you! <laughs> I, it's a it's a good new background show. I kind of filter through them. Friends is one. The Office is one. Yeah, and I never really considered Sex in the City as one. Oh, I love a good background show. It, does it hold up though? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't watched the whole thing ever from beginning to end. But I've what? seen. I've just never watched it consecutively. I've probably seen every episode just very okay. randomly. Uh, so that's why it's a great background show. I know these characters. They're um, the comforting, but without having to know specifically what's going on in this moment. Mm-hmm. There. So before you say more, I do think that one of the great things about Sex and the City um, is that all those characters were so imperfect at the time. Um, and I know it was like late 90s, early 2000s. So like, how do you feel that their imperfections hold up in this current climate? Not <laughs> great. Make sense? Yeah, not great. I feel like <laughs> While they all have their own specific character flaw, my the easiest thing to look at in terms of today is Charlotte. And I'm like, I think Charlotte would absolutely have been a Trump voter. She would have <laughs> Yeah, she would have felt guilty about it afterward because her friends would have guilted her and she wouldn't vote for Trump in a second term, but she definitely would have done it right away and she's tried. part of the the pro- mm-hmm. the 2016 problem, one yeah. of those white women who was just like ready to just like lean into conservatism like that. Yeah, she's um selfish in a pretty unforgivable way. 
I think it's pretty much agreed upon that she's the worst character. And not speaking as actress, I think she's she's great. Uh, Kristen Davis. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's plenty on that. I'm just saying, I think Sex and the City is best served as a background show with familiar characters, and that's about it. <laughs> In 2019, that is. Yeah, um, they're they're fun for 1996 or whatever it was. <laughs> 2002? I think it started it started in 98 or 99, mm, okay. um, right around the same time as Will and Grace. Yeah, um, but sense. yeah, it's maybe not the best show for young women of today to learn how to be. <laughs> like, we needed it then. We do not need it now. <laughs> there. You said it first. No, you heard it here first. You probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into the episode, I have a really important question for you. What do you think what we're doing right now is? <laughs> is this not part of the episode? <laughs> I, the journal. <laughs> Before we start recording, I have a really important question for you. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, a couple episodes ago, you talked about your love for Would You Rathers. Mm-hmm. A girlfriend of mine reached out after listening to said episode. She has another friend who loves Would You Rathers. And this question was recently posed to their friend group at large. And she wanted to know what I thought. And so I thought I would ask you. There's, you a, there's a glint in your eye. He's had a sly smile. You warned me about this earlier this week. You're like, I've got a great would you rather, but I'm not going to tell you until we're recording because I want your reaction. So this is a big build up. I'm ready. I hope it's as good as I want it to be. <clears throat> would you rather give your dad a blowjob <laughs> or eat out your mom? Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> that's a really good one. It's a really good one. Um, I would say give my dad a blowjob for a few reasons. One, our relationship is already shattered. So, what difference does it make? <laughs> Giving my mom, eating my mom out is going to really uh, ruin a good relationship we have, and I, I, I can't afford to lose that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm going to... It's gonna, very logical here. Yeah, I've got some other reasons as well, but I'm going <laughs> to... They're not helpful for my identity as a human... You already know your way around hum- a, Yeah, that was, that was it, but I don't want to... You already know your way around a dick. I hesitated to say that because I'm like, I don't want to say that I would do a better job getting my dad off than getting my mom off. Um, oh, man. You... I'm really impressed with you. You took that right in stride. You thought it all the way out. I, I mean... This is why you love these questions, because you're able to answer them. Most people uh, in my girlfriend's friend group, when this was asked to everyone, almost everyone said, invisible third option, I'd fucking kill myself. I hate that. That's bullshit. People are like, kill myself, kill myself. I'm like, no, play with me or get out of the room. (laughs) But they did have one friend who, without missing a beat, goes, give my dad a (laughs) blowjob. They were all like, you answered that way too fast. Been presented with the option before, did it. Don't regret it. Stand by it. What's your answer? Oh, no. That's not how this works. It's 100% how it works. It always gets turned back. What is your answer? Uh, I mean... That blowjob. Thanks to your explanation, I think, yeah, I think that's the only option. Um, I I would never be able to be in the same room with my mother again. Not that I would be able to be in the same room with my dad again, but also my relationship with my mom was a lot closer. Yeah. Um, easier to... Oh, God. I We have to stop talking about this right now. I am sick. Talk about stomach. the cum situation. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> I need 
anyway, about that journal that we came so, here to. I don't know if my about. like if dads are going to come in the same way that like kids come. Is I, it genetic? <laughs> like, do I can I anticipate his come needs oh, based on my, my own? God. And <laughs> the amount of come, like, is that going to differ from I'm, like? I'm setting your journal on fire. Back to come. The <laughs> thing about familial come. <laughs> All right, we back. I knew you were going to say all right. Do I say that all, all the time? Every episode. Fuck. First thing you say is all right. All right. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. Gross. December 8th, 2013. You're in Miami. Welcome Bienvenido to Miami. Miami. <laughs> I went for the bilingual approach. Uh-huh. I went for the Will Smith approach, as I so often do. I was the ladies. Um... First embark day off in months. What does that mean? Embark day off. Uh, I don't have to do anything. It means embark day. I'm usually at the gangway getting oh, a facial. or something. <laughs> Usually getting gang banged on the ship. Mm-hmm. But no, this time. So you have a day off. So you don't have to work at all. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You said bye to kick. I feel like this should be a big emotional moment. But you have a completely blank expression on your face. It's weird. We'll go a whole year. No, not yet, but at some point I'll go a year without seeing kick. Strange. Um, yeah, I don't. I am so used to goodbyes. I'm way too good at goodbyes, as some pop singer often says. Um, I think I have been kind of emotionally calloused. I think I say goodbye so often to so many people. Less so recently. I've traveled less lately. Um, but. I'm so often introduced to a new group of people and you get close quickly and it ends quickly. And so I think I just kind of stopped feeling super emotional about it. That is a skill I never really gave too much thought to, but um, it's both valuable and a little bit heartbreaking. Like, I don't know. Goodbyes are so like, what is the word I'm looking for? Not just emotional, but just like very like deep in your stomach. It's an awful feeling to say goodbye to someone you care about, especially like a new friend, a new best friend. Although, did you know that he was going to be, like, lifelong best friend at this point? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening at this point. This reminds me of the very emotional over-the-top goodbye that we had when we said goodbye to each other the first summer that we worked together. Oh, I had a lovely goodbye. I was the first person to leave. <laughs> yeah. I, in this huge cast. It was a very close group, and I was the very first one to go. Mm-hmm. And so I Jake got... and I, like, sang to you. You did. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I wept openly. I was so sad to say goodbye to you. I'm awful at goodbyes, so that doesn't really surprise me, thinking back on it. I have uh, I've pissed a lot of people off with my unemotional goodbyes. Um, <laughs> and what a reputation to have. I know. It's not really nice. Uh I don't know what to say about it. I, w- I should get better at it. I'm I'm very good at it if it's someone that has proven that they will be a presence in my life. Like, I've done a lot of moving around. So, like, for example, when I left Korea, that was a huge... I was, I was leaving a chapter of my life to start a new one, and that's very... Um, that's very emotional for me, saying goodbye to that. But now those friends that I still see occasionally like our friends that live in texas that we're going to see again soon mm-hmm. when they come and say goodbye that won't be a big emotional goodbye because i know i'll see them like we'll, we'll continue right, to be visit does, yeah does that make sense it's totally. like when it's a when it's closing a chapter that feels very very emotional to me that being said even when i was leaving new york when my lease was up and my apartment was all packed up and empty i was surrounded by all my best friends and um two of whom i was leaving there and still I don't know. It didn't, I didn't, 
feel as much emotion as I probably should have. Oh, well, not should have. You just didn't feel as much emotion as some people may have. Well, I didn't. Uh, to start, I didn't worry at all about the relationships, the friendships. So uh-huh. I have no doubt of the longevity and um, you know steadfastness of those relationships. Hundred percent. So that helps um, ease you know one side of the emotional trauma. Uh-huh. And then I don't know. I guess I I know that I have so many roots in New York that it's not a wasn't a permanent goodbye and i've already been back so many fucking times so yeah. it was well founded <laughs> i probably would have shed a tear on the way out of the city if it were me but i wouldn't have um it, it wouldn't have been like a a huge emotional thing you do tend to i wouldn't even say grow out of it because there's plenty of people that haven't had the big kind of like big life changes that you and i both have have experienced mm-hmm. um that would probably find it a lot more daunting and a lot more emotional um but i would still i'd still maybe have a little little tear in my eye this is very jaded, but I feel also that I kind of, um, I don't trust anything lasts forever. <laughs> I don't, I am surprised by nothing at this point. I like relationship wise and, and, um, you know, just my preconceived notions of what will or should be have all kind of been shattered. I feel like anything can happen at all times and I'm like pretty ready for that. Okay. Which I guess contributes to my fatalism. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Like, ah, well, this all came to a, it's inevitable close. So I'm on to the next thing that's going to die too. (laughs) (laughs) So bitter. I'm not bitter. I try, I try and remain positive, but I just feel, yeah, less, um, I can't say less emotional because I'm certainly emotional, but I don't know for what things. (laughs) Man, started this, this episode off by saying that you (laughs) were. Maybe a dark place. Uh, Everything ends. (laughs) Nothing matters. Um. So you didn't say an emotional goodbye to kick. That's cool. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, kick. You knocked about six guests over to get off in Miami. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is the first time Michaela saw Rageful Michael. Um, Mike, whatever. (laughs) An alter ego of mine. I was pissed. I forgot exactly the circumstances, but it's something to do with us not being able to get off the ship when we were finally allowed after a very long time of not and a full crossing. It was just a nightmare. And I was pushing people over. There's like people were walking too slow with their walkers and I had to get get off. You were just like, I must Move. get off the ship ship right away. Was yeah. this was this the situation? Did we already talk about it with the like uh it being a nightmare with the uh, like customs and everything. We mentioned that that's a thing, but yeah, I don't remember exactly what this day was. I do know that at some point when we were not allowed off the ship, I went back on and I was sitting in a common area with like my feet up on the furniture and uh, doing things that were very not allowed for employees. And Michaela was like, okay, I understand you're mad, but just like try not to get fired. We have so little time left. <laughs> that's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> just try not to. Uh, you okay so you're off in miami you got your brother's christmas gift he's hard to shop for because we're so different and mm-hmm. um i don't know i just never you can't get him a flashlight for christmas i can't get him a, I, I can technically but it's going to be really uncomfortable for everyone oh man maybe you should try it does yeah does what <laughs> your mom wouldn't be surprised she knows what a flashlight is now <laughs> she wouldn't be surprised but uh one christmas i got as part of his gift and my sisters, I got them all some edibles, some like good rice krispies I had had. Um, and, uh, my brother was like, Oh, it's a snack. I like made it very clear what it was. Uh-huh. And we opened it in front of the whole family and he was trying to be like coy. And for my mom, he's like, look at this treat you got me. And I was like, bitch, she knows that's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
think like later that night we all i don't know when i became the family's dealer but um we my brother sister and i all went into our garage to just hit a bowl uh-huh. <laughs> and uh we put hoodies on like sweatshirts because it was cold my mom is like why are you all in warm clothing what happened and we're all just like darting our eyes back and forth like she can't know it's like a little paranoid yeah but she always knows when something's just a tiny bit different than it was yep one time in high school the only time i ever threw up a house party without anyone knowing oh i don't know that she knows this <laughs> yeah spilling tea bring it on you're like 30 she's fine <laughs> we oh it just makes me sound like a liar um all teenagers are liars that's true sorry mom maybe we talked about this uh, she was gone for like a weekend. It was the first time I was ever left completely home alone. Um, and I had some friends over from the musical. <laughs> oh, God. You fucking rebel. I know. So crazy. Uh, there was like maybe 10, 12 people at my house. Really not a rager at all. Someone brought some weed and smoked in the porch. And I think we had some beers. It was pretty mild. Um, but the chairs around the table, I cleaned up like very well because i was trying to cover the tracks this is like something out of a teen movie yeah the chairs around the table were pulled out just a little further than they would have been like one when i cleaned and she was like why are the chairs out like an extra inch i was like how do you know that crazy woman and she's like did you have people over i would know that yeah i no doubt um she's like did you have (laughs) oh the disparagement with which you said that no doubt crazy fucking (laughs) Just like it's part of your you know, your whole MO. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, she was like, did you have people over? And I was like, no, why? She was like, well, the chairs are out a little further than um, they usually are. And I was like, shit. She was like, you could have people over. I don't care. I was like, well, fuck. Now I've got to stick to this lie. No, I didn't have people over, even though now I'm allowed to because I've dug my, you know, uh-huh. you got yep. trapped in it. Um, she knew. She knew. Well, also, she there was like a Jello missing. Someone had had some Jello. She's like, "Did you have Jello?" I was like, they "Yeah, made mom." Jello what? shots? No, they just like ate Jello because they were high. Uh, <laughs> someone else took a bite out of a yam, but I think I threw that away. Like uh, a raw one. It reminds me of two situations that I got myself into when the parents were away. Uh, one of which led to a very traumatic situation. Both were the summer after I was outed by my dad's best friend. Um, who, long story short, found my online journal at the time, known as a Zanga. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> so I thought I was being stealthy. I mean, as all high schoolers think they're smarter than their parents. Stealthy um, by, by putting things on the internet? Well, so there's this thing called Zanga, X-A-N-G-A. It was like a live journal, but you, um, the, I think the difference was that you could control who saw it. So um, a live journal, for anyone who's listening who's younger than 30 was like an early version of a blog before the word blog existed. Um, and so before this other outdated thing existed, <laughs> blogs are still a thing. Barely, but yeah. Uh, um, so I had this Zenga and I had like five friends that were allowed to read it. And it was, um, my very close friends that, um, that, w- that knew I was gay, that I was out to pretty much. And I was going through this tough time in my life when I was questioning my religion and I was spending a lot of time driving up to the college that I would end up going to a couple years later and partying with college boys and having college boyfriends and college boyfriend sex, which was really fun. And I was feeling very liberated and I was, I was, you know, writing about these experiences and my thoughts to my very few friends. One of my friends happened to be my dad's best friend's son. And so my dad's best friend ended up finding it. He printed off my entire journal, had my dad out to lunch and handed it to him. That is a full nightmare and that man is a fucking bully it was a full nightmare um and i 
I just remember that was the only time in my life where I thought maybe playing dead would be my only way out. I was like, should I pretend to faint right now? Like, I, I just remember, like, I was so panicked. My dad just walked into the house when he wasn't even supposed to be home. I could playing tell something dead. was wrong. I was like, what is wrong with you? And he threw it down on the table right in front of me. And I just panicked. Oh, my God. So dramatic. Whoa, so huge scandal. Huge scandal. One of the most dramatic and worst days of my life, easily to this day. Throughout all this, my dad was like, I really should not poke fun because it was awful for everyone involved. But um, my dad did say in this moment, he was like, I'm not telling your mother until tomorrow because she's been so looking forward to the premiere of your musical. <laughs> and I was like, I just remember thinking, like, is that not a fucking clue? But um, <laughs> Here's my, just my tragic little high school story. It actually is. Uh, it's tragic in that it was a high school musical production of The Music Man and I played a 40 year old mayor. I played Harold Tale in middle school. I cannot imagine anything worse than seeing an eighth grader fucking sing Trouble in River City. That makes me so- A tone deaf middle schooler singing 76 <laughs> trombones. Trouble was fine. I couldn't for the life of me. It was like, I was so scared sitting in that, in the auditorium of whatever. I'm like, okay, it's coming up. It's, and it was Music Man Jr. So all I had to do was Trouble and 76 trombones. That was it. But God help me, I couldn't get the starting pitch. Oh, like, you poor thing. 76 ah. trombones hit the counterpoint. <laughs> You have good. such a good ear now, though. Um, it's a miracle. I couldn't tell you. But it's it's a training thing. We've yeah. talked about this. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that led to a summer of reparative therapy and me telling my parents exactly what they wanted to hear and pretending like I was getting better and all this stuff just so I could still stay in their house. Um, and during that summer, I had, I had just started dating this boy um, from a neighboring high school. Like two weeks after I was outed, um, school ended and my parents had planned like a weekend away. And I wanted to see this boy, um, my boyfriend. I just needed just some time with him. And my parents were going to be away. And they, like, they debated. They were like, maybe we shouldn't leave him home alone. I Like, they had this conversation right in front of me. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, just just go do your thing. We'll, you know, th- the world did not end. Um, and so they left me home alone. I decided to have this boyfriend over for the night. I had him park in, like, this lot next door in case anyone – so no one would see his car in our driveway. Like, I was very careful. I remember we watched Amelie uh, <laughs> and fell asleep on the couch. And, like, nothing too untoward happened. We probably made out, I think, and then, like, kind of went to bed. It was I was emotionally exhausted, and I really just needed him to be there. And so we were sleeping in my bed. The next morning I wake up, and I have, like, all these missed calls on my cell phone from my grandma. And – she tried to call me. She was so worried. You had a cell? What year is this? This is like 2004, three or four. I had a cell phone. I had a cell phone from oh. when I got my driver's license. Wow, you had a cell phone early. Anyway. I got it at like 15, I think. Um. Anyway, she had read somewhere that LGBT kids were more likely to commit suicide. Um, and she, she Good just, her. it's true. Well, it, it is true. And she started doing all this research cause she had no idea what was going on. And she was so worried about me being, she didn't think my parents should have gone out of town. So she started calling my cell phone. I'm a teenager. I slept through it. Um, it's a Saturday morning. She's calling, calling, calling. I don't answer. She drives out to the house <gasps> and by the grace of God, <laughs> our back door lock was a little bit broken and she couldn't get her key to work. She had a key to the house. Had it worked, she would have walked into the house and come up to my bedroom, and I would have been uh, in bed naked with my boyfriend. Um, Honestly, that could have been a huge life-changing moment. It could have been a huge life-changing moment, yes. You could have been sent away. Yeah, absolutely. It was so rattling to me that was the the first moment where i was like you have to leave you know like you have to like the the, like i was just i was too nervous for something like that to happen um one other time with that same boy 
uh, my friend Jen, she had, she knew everything that happened with my parents and she knew my boyfriend. I was out to her or whatever. She and her family were going away for a, a family vacation for like two weeks. And she was like, Oh my God. Like I, she lived nearby. She was like, just come over. If you want to have a date night and you need to get away from your parents, like bring him over, watch TV at our house. Like no one's going to be there. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, cool of her until, uh, we, w- we decided to go over there to her, take her up on that offer. Um, thought it was totally fine. Went, made, uh, we made pasta in their kitchen, uh, like, and had like a date night, just watch TV again, nothing untoward happened, but you love that word. I do. I <laughs> do love that word. She came home with her family and her mom opened the fridge and she's like your mom. She's like, missing some jello. No, she was like, why is there a half empty can of Alfredo sauce in our kitchen? I never buy Alfredo sauce. We just left it in the fridge. And Jen cracked like a fucking egg. She pretended like she hadn't given me permission because her mom was so <gasps> mad we had been in the house. so much worse. She blamed it on me. Oh, my God. And her mom got so mad and marched over to my mother and told oh, her Jesus. that we had been there. And so it turned into this huge thing. Like, Did you explain so that you didn't break into their house? Drama. I did. I explained that Jen had told – but Jen called me and she was like – she was not a good friend. <laughs> and she goes – I remember very specifically, she said, this is the shit is going to hit the fan anyway. We're both going to be in trouble. Please don't make this worse for me. Please just like you were in the house. I already told her. So please don't tell her that I told her you could be because that'll make it a lot worse for me. So I took the fall for her and for me. So you said you broke in. I didn't say I broke in. She made up this stupid fucking lie about how she had told she had given a um, given me a key so I could come clean her room as a favor during vacation. And uh, that I had taken advantage of that and said, instead of coming to clean her room as a favor. Fuck you, Jen. I know. Fuck her is right. And she went on to have a bit of a tragic life. So that's fine. But anyway, those uh, two very close calls, one that wasn't even so much a close call as I got in trouble for having someone into someone else's house. But thank you for allowing me to go down that deep rabbit hole of the... Those memories were so stressful at the time. I'm sweaty talking about it. Isn't that crazy? It's like yeah. 18 years ago that happened. And it still is such a bad memory full of so much angst that it makes me have a physiological response. You have to watch the Netflix Explained season two, All About the Mind. goes over this kind of stuff. It's amazing. I'm not going to dive too hard, but I have never... That is one of two shows on Netflix I binged the entire thing in one sitting. I can't wait to watch that. I want to watch it with you. So good. I'll watch it again happily. On some weed drugs. Some weed drugs. Okay, so we're going to rewind back to December 8th, 2013. <laughs> Haven't made a single page turn yet. <laughs> um, so you got your brother's Christmas gift, and then you had Blue Moon with Michaela at Chili's, you white trash piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Calls me white trash. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I remember it was in a mall, and I think... Oh, better. It was, <laughs> it's okay, it was in a mall. <laughs> So it was a shitty dark chilies. They're all disgusting. Dark. And yeah. uh, they, oh, you know what? We had gotten off for something. I think we had to go to the mall for something. And Michaela had never been twenty one in America before. She turned twenty one in the ship. So oh. we were like, let's just get the first drink we can go find. I think. Yeah, that's pretty cute, though. I I support that. Um, it was amazing to have a phone again. I bet it was. Yeah, uh, it works both ways. It's also amazing when I relinquish it <laughs> to have no option but to not have one. Yeah. Uh, but then after a long time of that, of course, you want to connect again. When I hiked the Inca Trail, that was the only time in probably the last 10 years that I had four days without phone service. Four days. Four days. It was awesome. 
It was awesome. All I had my phone, all I did on my phone was take pictures and then I engaged with people, you know, <laughs> yeah, made me so, so happy. Got to do that more of that because I'm not good at self-imposed limits. Phones are difficult. <laughs> <laughs> are. Please continue listening to our podcast on your phone. <laughs> okay. December 9th. It's a C day. Um, and you met the pianist. Yeah. She, uh, she's young guest entertainer about our age. She's like the final memory I have on the ship. Um, okay. she was there for a couple of weeks. Michaela and I were hanging out with her cause everyone else was gone. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, she was cool. You got drinks and you made Charleston movie plans. Plans to see movies in Charleston. Charleston was so fun, which is so random. We Everyone loves that town. And I was I think I was there twice. Uh it was Christmas time and it was the first time back in America and it's like Southern Charm Christmas. Everything had just wreaths on it and it was it was just very charming. Cool. Charming. Uh Charmant. December tenth, you're in Charleston, although you spelled it Charlestown. So maybe that's, that's what different. I meant. <laughs> um, you packed 30 pounds to mail home at FedEx with dad's account. Ooh. Did you? Huh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Was there something untoward happening with your dad? Use that account? word one more goddamn time. I'm making an untoward <laughs> jar, put next to the touch jar. Um, <laughs> an untoward jar. Uh, uh uh, no, I think it just is interesting to reflect on the past. Obviously, that's uh-huh. the whole point of this fucking thing. Um, <laughs> so vehement. I uh, a lot of what he uh, got in trouble for was abuses of his position at work, and I'm like, is that one of them? <laughs> Perhaps he's like, I'll just use this FedEx account. No one, no one knows who's paying for it. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Oh well, that's on him. Um, you ate at Gringo's. I'm assuming that is Mexican. And you had Starbucks. Big smiley face. Dinner. Bet, with bet I got some pumpkin spice. Bet you did. It's December after all. Went to something like Movie Tavern and saw Frozen. Oh my God. Movie Tavern. Frozen. I was going to say it earlier, but figured it was so fucking unimportant. <laughs> but Frozen is uh, is so highly associated with this, this very last few weeks for me because I loved it. I loved it so much until it was murdered by all the children covering Let It Go. Uh-huh. I think I saw it twice. I saw it here and then I saw it again with my sister when I get home in a couple weeks. I just loved it. And um, that's all I have to say about that. The, you and I saw a live version of Frozen at Disneyland and walked out. And we saw <laughs> 10 minutes of it. <laughs> um, movie Tavern, by the way, is one of those movie theaters that we were talking about where you can eat and watch a movie. And it's the fucking best. It's a revelation called Variety. <laughs> Do you want to go eat and watch a movie after this? All I ever want to do is I eat. I'm going to do. Uh, you looked through a Christmas market. Mm-hmm. You met someone at a wine bar. Um, yeah, that's that someone is an old family friend. It's actually a weird situation now. We've been Our families have been friends since we were little kids. Our parents, our dads work together. And uh, our, it all got really convoluted after all my dad's trouble. And I don't really know where I stand with that woman. Now we haven't spoken in a long time. We were, they oh, were, wow. they were very, very, very good friends to my parents and to my family. And then, uh, when shit went down the, they kind of had to make a choice between my mom and my dad. And they basically chose neither. It just was kind oh. of, a, it was kind of a mess. Yeah. That is kind of a mess. And so the, 
daughter is not involved in that, but um, it's just kind of, you know, we family loyalties, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know. Oh, that's ugly, though. It is, and it's too bad. It was, that's, I guess that's where my jadedness that I was talking about comes in. I'm like, I, I expect, I mean, we knew them for 20 years, and uh, it just kind of shattered, and I'm like, well, that happens. Wow, that is shitty. Uh, also because they like it with your parents situation, there was a clear side to take, you know, <laughs> like there was, yeah. there was an easy right side. It was really shitty for my mom. Um, of course it was. Yeah. They, there are a bunch of people who were kind of shitty. I mean, that should have been, uh, stronger in their commitment to their friendship to her. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's that old trope though. Like when shit hits the fan, that's when you find out who your real friends are. You know, yeah. some people just don't want to deal with it. Um, when I came out in college and decided to do things my way, mm-hmm. um, my mom lost a lot of friends who were loyal to me. Have I talked about this? Maybe on the podcast? Uh, to me, not in the podcast. Okay. I don't think she lost a whole group of friends who said to her, you, because my parents, they cut me off. Uh, if that was unclear. Um, but they said to her, you are making the wrong decision here. You're doing wrong by your son. And we know you, we know your son, we love him and we're not going to stand by this. And so, this is kind of the opposite of what you're saying, but like they, they planted a flag in the sand and said, because you're making the wrong decision by cutting off Cameron, we are no longer going to be your friends. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And those ladies are still like, they were invited to our wedding. That's one of my good friends. Moms is one of them. Like they are. Wow. Um, I, I love them so much for that. I don't think those ladies will ever know how much that meant to me, how important that was in that moment of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that just to know, you know, that my mom, they didn't stand by and just let her go scotch-free, scot-free. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was kind of a, a bit of a left turn, but you understand. Yeah. So you saw that woman at a wine bar and gin joint, exclamation point. I hope it was called gin joint and you weren't being like a 1920s <laughs> flapper. I think it was called gin joint, which is too bad because I fucking hate gin. <laughs> well, you got so drunk, period. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> December 13th. C day, nothing more to say. September 14th. Oh, it's a C day, but Argentina tried being nice to me. Now speaking a little. Hmm. Okay. I do remember a little bit of an attempt at peace at the end. Um, but also I know when we say goodbye, it is, uh, we don't, we don't say goodbye. So yeah. Um, spoiler. (laughs) uh so i don't think it it went too far um you can't you can't patch the hoover dam with a band-aid Ooh, hey metaphor (laughs) fair um on the 15th of december you're in labadee haiti almost parasailed but it was too much wind Mm. um self-operated coaster and (laughs) zipline over the ocean do tell me what a self-operated coaster is uh it's scary as fuck (laughs) it's uh it's just handbrakes on the side of the thing so you can control how fast you want to go you know just it's momentum there's no Uh um it's a roller coaster yeah so it is rickety as all get out and you are barely on the tracks. It was really fun, but it's super scary. Um, I'm thankful to the guys who were running the parasailing thing that they did not let us go out because it was super, super windy and I would have been like, let's do it. And I would have drowned. So <laughs> Glad you didn't. Mike's like still a, a sea somewhere. just floating. A sea. Um, Funny that I was so interested. I bet I would do it once be horrified and never do it again. A la skydiving. Um, wait, have you been skydiving? It was, yes. One time, super horrifying and it's in the journal, but um, once one and done for that situation <laughs> because it's scary. Just got a chill down my back. I don't want to do that. It's a nice song. 
uh, it made me. It makes me very uncomfortable to think about yeah, jumping uh, from a plane. The story is even even worse than you can imagine. Um, but I will save it for that time in the journal. Great, I can't wait. I at one point in my life really badly wanted to go skydiving, and then. I'm not awesome with heights and there are some things that I want to do to conquer that fear, but I just know myself well enough at 33 years old that hanging from the side of a plane will be the most miserable thing I've ever done. No, there's no need. There's no need. There's, there's no need. <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I also, I always thought it sounded so cool. And I asked my dad and he was like, you know, when I was young, I wanted to, and now I just don't. And I thought that was the lamest thing <laughs> in the world. I'm like, ugh, old people. And now I'm like, now I get it. The risk is greater than the thrill. Yes. Everyone that I know that has done it that didn't like passionately want to do it for the experience but wanted to say they have done it, mm-hmm. they all said, didn't need to do that. Nope. <laughs> I'm so happy to touch yeah. the ground. <laughs> I bet. Um, uh, end of this day, oh, the pianist invited us to her wedding. Oh, my God. Um, that is, didn't you just meet her? Yeah. <laughs> like three days ago. I forgot about that. <laughs> we just met her. You look so disgusted. Well, it was okay. So good news. She's still married. Oh, good. I think bad news is they had been together for like two to four weeks. No. And then she invites me to her wedding. How dare you say weeks? I thought you were going to say at least months, which is still far too fast. That's insane. They, they, they (laughs) had uh, to get invited. (laughs) You hate it so much. I just sometimes sometimes i've been invited to weddings that yeah, we've discussed that you've been invited to every wedding in america <laughs> yes i was so sad i couldn't go to kate middleton's in america <laughs> anyone else <laughs> um i cannot believe she invited us to her wedding i'm like i had to say no unfortunately yeah, it's unacceptable i like that you just put you just wrote that in there with no emotion but obviously you know how you feel about it um Okay, on December 16th, you were in, ooh, I don't know what this says, Cayo Leventado, Dominican Republic? I don't know either, but it must be a city in Dominican Republic. Um, You went to a quote-unquote orphanage with gifts, not a true orphanage, but kids were so happy. Uh, Yeah, so the ships uh, do a lot of charity work, and one of the things was, yeah. I didn't know that. um, Yeah, I think it's, they're a huge corporation, I think they need to. Yeah, trying to offset shit a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so some of the cast, including Argentina, who is, I've never seen him so happy. He loves children, strangely. Oh. Loves children. Hates music and flowers and sunshine, but I should correct children. that. I realized after listening to that, like he didn't hate music. He hated, like, he was just loud about the music he did hate. But he did love a lot of music. I remember him, like, really enjoying that. But he did hate coffee and flowers and other normal things. Sunshine. Sunshine. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him music, but. Great. Anyway, he loved kids. It's um, very fair of you. <laughs> And uh, we collected money and toys and brought them to this. The, what I had a problem with was we were calling it an orphanage. We had billed it to guests and to uh, sponsors as an orphanage, and it wasn't. It was a school. It was like a oh, okay. it was a, a poorer school, but these these kids had had families. And oh. I thought it was kind of gross to call it an orphanage when it, it wasn't. It, that, they, it's very gross. Yeah, they. Um, it was a good place that needed the help. And they were was, underprivileged. Yeah, they were grateful to have it, but they weren't an orphanage. So yeah. it was just an unnecessary mislabel that just felt a little gross. Um, yeah. Anyway, besides that, the day was fun. It was like the kids were so sweet. And um, it was actually kind of sweet to see Argentina with the kids. He Like they were crawling all over him. He was having the time of his life. That was pretty sweet. He will probably be an excellent father despite his misery. <laughs> um, I, I have some... Serious problems with people that go in 
um, to be like the white savior. Um, but, yes. but generally speaking, that's my problem. It lies with religious organizations that do like quote unquote mission trips mm-hmm. and they go to places in South America and Africa that really need help, but they don't give freely. Generally they are providing food and, uh, you know, supplies and things that these people need, but in exchange for them to be a captive audience to try to be mm-hmm. converted to Christianity. And yeah. that's like this like great white savior complex of like churches, like go it's not just churches. A lot of people do it for, for the publicity for that's, uh, that's also true. Yeah. The white savior complex. Yes. Is 100% yeah. of it is. I, I know some people that like go to Africa regularly and they like really their entire identity is wrapped up in the fact that they go and like help these people by giving them aid, but they're also bringing souls to the church, you know, and they're like and preaching probably... in these communities. And it's very book of Mormon. Africa, just like Bono. I am Africa. I flew in here and became one with this to finish December 16th, uh, you did a white night and sang two songs, so you are still performing. Just white night. Band sucked. Ended early for weather. Smiley face. <laughs> I don't know if it was this time or not, but uh, smiley face. I love that. Weather's bad. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. It used to happen in our outdoor theme park, too. Thunder, lightning. Oh, See my ya. God. The smell of rain, and everyone's like, gotta go. Absolutely. I don't want to get struck by lightning with a mic on. No. Um, I don't think that would matter. <laughs> you just limp-wristed so sassy about that. I, I don't want to get struck, struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> like lightning cares about you. Although I have been dreaming about winning the lotto lately, and it if I got struck by lightning, I would believe that my chances of winning the lotto are better as well. Because everyone always says that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were we talking about before this? Uh, we were talking about uh, the it was a bad white night because the band sucked. Oh. Uh, Michaela and I sang Unchained Melody and White Knight. I think we've talked about this. And it's already slow and kind of hard to breathe. And Lord Almighty, it was <laughs> a fucking funeral dirge. It, oh, it was like, yeah. My, uh, Slower. <laughs> at one point, I look at Michaela and I didn't take a breath where I should have because I was so concerned about <laughs> the tempo of it. And I, my eyes got huge and I was like, fuck. You're what gonna am I going to do? in the middle of a word. My love. <laughs> December 17th. So close! Exclamation point. I think I'm writing that mid, mid-jerk. mid <laughs> <laughs> So close! Uh, <laughs> I think that's a third episode in a row with a, with a makeshift orgasm. Keep going, keep going. Don't stop. Um, what is worse? Than when someone is doing it just right and you're so close and they switch up their technique and you're like, God damn it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, what's worse is never having that happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the, it's the void where sex should be. <laughs> oh, well, she's dry today. Um, so you're so close. It's a C day. You hosted discovery table with the pianist and Michaela. Lots of fun. Sang your very last LCV, which I do remember, is that one song show. Oh, yeah. Good for you. This is like the 18th time I've written um, it. I can't remember all your abbreviations, bitch. I'm allowed to ask questions. <laughs> Tons of compliments. Nice to sing. <laughs> Tons of compliments. You know what? I need them. Need uh, <laughs> Told you I don't need food. I just need attention. Uh-huh. All right. And December 20th is going to be our final entry for the day because at the very top, it says HOME, all caps, three bubble letter exclamation points. Wow. Spent last night slash this morning trying to 
hunt for my my bonus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's seething. <laughs> what does that mean? We get a very large sign-off bonus. As part of your contract? Yeah. Okay. And the other three who are left in the ship all got theirs on their last check. And I only knew because Michaela was like, my check is wrong. It's so big. And I was like, oh, no, we're supposed to get whatever. Uh-huh. On the ship, they were like, well, uh, you have to figure it out shoreside. Like, get shoreside and like, you have to figure it out in the ship. Oh, fuck no. I spent, I think I'll spend the next month um, trying to contact the ship and shoreside to get my money. It's a lot of money, more money than I've seen at this point in my life. And uh, all I can think is this is a company that owns upwards of 30 cruise ships, little floating cities, several islands, and can't pay me my damn money. That Contracted, is due. that you're yeah, contracted for. I was furious. And my mom points this out too. I have so many times had to hunt for my fucking money. And I will hunt you down. I won't spend two years for... I spent two years and I eventually got $250 I was owed. Who are these people? Sorry. First of all, that is insane that a company that is a huge billions and billions of dollars They had trouble paying me next time too. Just that, me though. That you are hunting down money from them. That is... I was aghast and very annoyed. No Sorry, shit. very um, browbeaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no one was helpful. Got an earlier flight for $75 with no baggage fees. Now catching up on this journal in the Philly airport. <laughs> <laughs> that was... The best part of that day, I remember a very sweet um, airline worker. Is there like a desk agent? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she was very helpful and just made a shitty day kind of fine. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no baggage fees. That makes it worth the $75 to get a different flight. Yeah, it does. Then you got to go home I and did. we are officially off a goddamn cruise ship. Notice there's no... There's no mention at all about goodbyes to Michaela. No. Or to, our, to anyone. To anyone. Yeah, weird. I definitely said goodbye to Michaela, I'm certain. So you really aren't emotional about goodbyes, are you? I'm not. This was also a slow drip because people have been, have been leaving for a month now. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a you know. staggered exit from everyone, so it was kind of eh. Yeah. Uh, but Argentina, um, I do, I remember specifically, we did not, I didn't see him that day, the day we signed off. It, there's a mess anyway. You have a lot of paperwork to do and there's buses and there's lots to to deal with um but i remember just not seeing him at all um i don't think he cried for me i <laughs> don't cry for me argentina the truth is i never left you all through my wild days my mad existence i kept my promise don't keep your distance. <laughs> you, how many months have you been waiting to make that reference? How long have we been doing this? Three months. <laughs> we started recording our first, we recorded our pilot six months ago. Wow. Only 10 more days left in this year. So that's about one more episode's worth of content of you being home, which will be next week. And then it's episode 20 and it's the end of the first year of the journal. So what are we going to do? We have a a special planned. We are going to hear from some main characters in this journal. (gasps) First guests ever on this podcast. I'm so excited. I'm also nervous. It's going to be a a new thing for us. So Uh, we're very excited for that. uh, Before we go today, uh, any listener mail stick out to you this week, Mike? Yeah, we had a gentleman named Tom message us. And he said, 
Hey guys, still loving the podcast. It's helping make long journeys in the car go a lot quicker. Listen to an episode on the way to work this morning and it really struck a chord when you guys were talking about friendships. I've lost a few friends, really close friends from school, who kind of pushed me away while I was in a relationship with a guy who was abusive to me. Oof. Emotionally and physically. He'd stop me going to see them, but coming up with situations why I couldn't go, etc., etc. And they all just thought I didn't want to see them anymore. Still paying the price today and trying to rebuild those friendships, but it was reassuring to hear that I'm not the only one who's had struggles regarding friends slash relationships during the process of coming out. Serious stuff aside, I love so I laugh so much at the podcast and love the mix of laughter and love and serious stuff. Most of serious stuff this episode, so this one's for you, Tom. <laughs> uh, can't wait to listen to the next one on the way home later. Um, that's disheartening but hopeful yeah i i do think i don't know if i said this when we were talking about it uh, those a couple episodes ago but um i don't think that's a thing people really prepare you for growing up you know you th- that's not something i ever got warned about that you can break up with friends just like you can break up in a romantic relationship you know that was yeah. a that was a lesson i had to learn the hard way that relationships can end really painfully with friends not just with romantic people i actually think uh love simon does a really good job with this specific issue of losing friends in the coming out process, he gets outed. We uh, watch the movie, but he, he has a really hard time with this close group of friends all because of it. They feel like he lied to him. It just, it gets messy. And uh, I'm happy to see that though we didn't have it, there is more and more stories like that for kids growing up today. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for uh, sharing with us. We, we love to hear from listeners, uh, you know, and uh, the funny stories are great, but we also like to hear the, the stuff that, um, the serious mm. stuff that we have in common, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, Mike. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. All right. If you have a story and you want to let us know, there's a bunch of ways to contact us. You can message us or reach out on social media at MBFJ Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or just visit our website, mybestfriendsjournal.com. Absolutely. Until next time, always remember... Will you hand me my soapbox real quick? Oh, yeah, here you go. All teenagers are liars, and Charlotte York absolutely voted for Trump. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Just keeping it light. (laughs) 